Okay, so we want to welcome everyone who is listening to Gracemont Podcast number 17. Tonight we have some really good uh, topics that we want to talk about. Um, before we do that, I want to introduce Apostle John Luke. Hello. And this is Apostle Duke. And we are going to begin with our song going, Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Hot. 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 Hey, those are good. I think I was a bit. I was a bit sharp that time. Sorry. That's all right, man. It's good. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Okay. So tonight, we are going to discuss the Holy Spirit uh, convicting us. When the Holy Spirit convicts us, is it for real sins or are they just bad thoughts? And then Judgment Day, should we fear that? as Christians or non-Christians, and will it really come? Will that will the judgment really come? And then we're going to discuss what does it mean when Jesus says, if you hate someone, you're guilty of murder. And what is someone guilty of adultery if they have lust in their heart? What does that mean? And if you look at a pretty girl twice, does that mean you're lusting in your heart after her? And then one topic that I think kind of weaves into yours a little bit, and that is, does God speak to us individually in our hearts and have, I'm going to discuss a little bit about if I've ever had that experience, and then I'm going to ask John Luke if he has ever had any experience like that. So, without further ado... Our topics are all interwoven with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. And so... I think. And so I even thought you mentioned that last week, like having sort of maybe themes or something. Like with Easter, maybe we could, you know, have some kind of Easter theme, some questions about the resurrection and that kind of deal. So this is... Episode 17, The Holy Spirit. Episode 17, The Holy Spirit. Okay, why don't we... uh, Let's save my Holy Spirit. Let's do all of yours first. Okay. You okay with that? Because they kind of build up toward the Holy Spirit and the Judgment Day. Okay. Judgment Day clearly should be last, Yeah, exactly. Because that's... Okay. Okay, so here we go. All right, I'm going to do a drum roll. All right. Okay, hit it. You need a symbol. <laughs> so the first... I probably got one somewhere. I yeah. Know. Oh, I bet you do. Because you have a lot of stuff. Probably at the house, right? Out in the garage someplace. Somewhere. somewhere. Anyway. Hey, and we could also use maybe a skillet. You know, that would probably work too. But anyway. Yeah. So the first question is, um, in the New Testament, Jesus talks about, um, you know, you're not supposed to kill people. But Jesus said, even if you hate someone if you hate your neighbor that you're guilty of sin and that seems kind of harsh 
I've always thought that's kind of harsh, you know? And so I kind of, I would say I discovered this myself, but I know someone else did too. I, I, I swerved into this and it was, I was studying the law a few years ago and there's a law in the Bible that says, in the Old Testament that says, if someone is found dead in a field, you're to take, the, you know, you're to do this with the body. And then the person who was with that person goes to what they call a sanctuary city. And, and that's where they can be, um, be protected, you know, from the law and from people who might say, oh, you know, we're, we're going to, we may do harm to this fellow. But in two different places, it says that person is in is okay. Let's say two people go out into the field and one comes back and the, the other one had died. The only caveat to that is if it was found out later that the person who lived hated the guy who died. So... In that in that instance, it equates hate with murder, and 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 the I guess you're supposed to take from that if it was found out that he hated him, then that's a different deal. If they were two friends, one died, but if, but if it was found out that the guy who lived hated the guy who died. Then it then he becomes a suspect. So then you fast forward to the New Testament and Jesus says, even if you hate somebody, you're guilty of murder. And so what I think that means is, and I'm and I I don't, I don't know that I'm doing a real good job of this, but basically it means if I could get out into a field with this guy and hit him in the head with a rock and kill him, I'd do it. Now, I, I'm, I don't do it because I'm going to go to jail. I don't do it because I can't do it. You know, I can't overpower the guy. So, I think the idea behind that is if you hated someone, if you had feelings for someone to the point you said, man, if I could, I'd take their life, then you're guilty of murder. And, and I, I don't think it necessarily means that you you have a strong feeling against someone. So there's so there's my first topic and it totally tees up my second question. Okay. Well, that leads us back to why do people do bad things or why do they resist doing bad things? The animal in us tells us to do things that society say is bad. Society, society says these things are bad. Like murder. We're not supposed to kill each right. other. Well, well, there are a variety of reasons why people don't kill each other. Uh, number one, it's like inconvenient. Right. It's, it's work. Yeah. And there, there are consequences. But mainly there, there are consequences with the law in that you go to jail or you get executed. Right. Depending on the country, wherever you are. But then third, for Christians and other people who are religious, they're taught that there is someone listening to your thoughts and that it's a sin before you even 
commit the act. And so there are basically three basic reasons why people don't do stuff like that. And um, that's why religion is a good thing in a lot of ways because people will suppress the thought before they even get to the like planning stage or whatever and way before they right. get to the act. And it kind of goes back to, to me, it kind of goes back to something you said, and I brought this up many times, and we were we were having this discussion in our Sunday school class, and it was saying, okay, the law says do this, the law says do that. Law. And you made the point as a physician to say, that's basically just what a doctor would tell you, right? In other words, to be clean, to not have sex outside of marriage, to um, to not eat this, to not eat that. Uh, but, and, and we even had this discussion too, and I think we differed a little bit on it, and that was like, does the church really have the right to tell us who to have sex with, and should they be in our sex lives? But it to me, it... It all goes back to not killing someone is good for our species, right? Right. It 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 helps our species. If we're killing each other, then you know there's going to be one man standing eventually. He's like, I want it all for myself, and then he dies. So it's just almost like common sense. But there was probably a time back in that day when it's like people didn't get it. So they interwove God into it to kind of emphasize, why can't I kill him? Well, because God said you can't. Oh, okay. All right, okay. Well, I won't do it because God told me. When in reality, it's just, it helps our species stay healthy if we're not killing each other, if we're not lying to each other. If, if we work together as a community, our species becomes stronger. And so, um, yeah, I think I just... Well, what I did was just kind of agree with you in some way, but um, well, I think it might be good to get onto your. Next so topic my here. next topic in here, and then in my net when the next time I do that, when I do when I start my speaking engagements and I go to universities, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this better, but it kind of leads into my second, and that is, and you maybe you've heard it, and probably people who or listening to this podcast, if they grew up in church or been in church, there's that, like, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you're commit, you're, you're guilty of adultery. And I, and I've heard even pastors say, well, if you look at that girl in the office twice, then you have adultery in your heart. You're guilty of adultery. And so I kind of use that first step of, it's not about, really the thought it's it's what it's it's how strong is that thought is that thought is that temptation so ingrained if okay so i have this like little okay say i'm i'm 14 year old kid right and i'm standing in front of a house and i've got a rock in my hand and i'm getting ready to throw it through a plate window for fun right i'm gonna bust some guy's window out and i get that rock back and i hear woo here come the police and I drop the rock and run well I didn't throw the rock through the window but I would have 
I would have done it if the cop wasn't there. I would have done it. So in that instance, what I think Jesus is teaching is you're still guilty of busting the window. It's just you couldn't get away with it. And I think it's the same with adultery and it's the same with hating someone to the point that Jesus says you're guilty of murder. The point is, if I could get away with that, if I could, if her husband was out of town and I could get over there and I could work this deal, I'd get in there and I'd get it done. Then it's like, okay, you're you're pretty much guilty anyway. I mean, just because you didn't do it in your heart, you're guilty. So that I I, I think some people disagree with that. Like I say, I've heard pastors say if you look at a woman and and you appreciate her beauty, um, I mean, you think, hey, she's got a hot butt, she's got big boobs, um, that you're pretty much guilty of adultery. And I I just don't think that's right. I think that that's uh, that's not. That's not what he's saying. Okay. Well, I, okay. This is where we put our hats on. The Christian yeah. hat would say, well, you know, if you, if you just glance at her and look away and you don't have any unpure thoughts, then you're okay. But even if you just glance yeah. and then you start having unpure thoughts, right. then you're not okay. Or if you took a second look and you have unpure thoughts, well, unpure thoughts is, is like being a, a, a normal human. I yeah. Think. I mean, it, again, we're we're designed to advance the species, and that's why men and women look at each other with lust in their hearts because lust is kind of a normal, healthy function of an animal. It's healthy. Yeah, it's just uh, uh, the fantasy is not the fact. You know, yeah. it's it's if you just now if you are having so much fantasy about women that. It's making, it's affecting the relationship with your wife. Well, then, yeah, I think that's the same as, as well, maybe not as bad, but it's in the same realm as adultery. If, if, uh, like, uh, you know, for instance, pornography. If you have a chance to either a, go to bed early with your wife and sit and visit and cuddle, or, and you instead elect to go watch porn until three o'clock in the morning, that is. That I would say is a sin. Yeah, if we're doing sins because you're, it's a, it's messing up your marriage. Right. But just, just seeing some woman and and saying, man, she's hot, and not acting on it, I, I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, and and to your point too, and I think most, if anyone's listening, and and I even think myself, if I see a woman, I appreciate her. She looks, got big boobs, big nice butt all that if i'm making a point during the day to go by her desk three or four times you know i walk the long way around to go check her out then you're kind of you know you're i think common sense would tell you you're you're kind of you need to maybe not do that so much now appreciate yeah if you're making you're making her uncomfortable creeping her yeah, out yeah right that's that's wrong so, and then another thing, just to kind of add to that, is, uh, so, there's a podcast that I enjoy listening to, and it's, it has all this, uh, they have spiritual speakers on there, and then they have health speakers. Well, they have this marital um, psychologist on there, and she, she helped people with their marriages and stuff, 
and she kind of had an interesting um, concept, and that was that when she and her husband go to parties, her husband can look at other women, he can hug other women, he can flirt, just don't go home with them. Go home with her. And her point was that a lot of times sexual energy is built up all through the day. And if a lot of times you see attractive women or attractive men, it's okay. she was okay with saying, okay, I'm okay with you enjoying these pretty girls. And I'm enjoying the, the guys and we talk. But when we go home, we go home together. You don't go home with them. I don't go home with anybody but you. And she said she thought there was some healthy some healthy stuff in that, just the fact that they were not trying to squelch that human nature. So anyway. Well, I think that's good because I've, I've mentioned – this fellow before, but not by name. Uh, but uh, he was in our Sunday school class a few years back. Good guy. Yeah. I mean, the best Christian guy mm-hmm. I know, probably. He, top ten, anyway. And he told me, I do not look at other women. I said, really? He goes, nope, I, I don't. And so I started watching him. He doesn't. He would not look. He would, you know, a woman come by, I'd be going, whoa. Yeah. I mean, he would. He would not look. And uh, I thought, you know, that's that's the right way to be a good husband. And so I tried that for about 24 yeah. hours. And I started getting an anxiety disorder. Yeah. I was like, I, 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 I'm not supposed to look. I know. Uh, I decided I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> I was going to go ahead and look and just not act. Right. You know? but it, that's, that's taking it to the extreme, I think. And and it may have. He's the only one I know, who's actually like that. Oh now, oh, okay. Now this is not the gentleman who then got in trouble. No. Okay. No, he's okay. No, he's done very well in life. Okay. Been a great dad, good husband, you know all that. Okay, because we know another guy who was super religious and and devout and 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 fervent in his faith, and he got off track sexually. Well, if that's the guy we're talking about, he actually was a porn addict for 20 oh, years. Oh, he was? And nobody knew about oh. it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that'll get you off track. Yeah, that'll get you off track. Okay, because I was going to say, I was going to say, I wonder sometimes if, it's sort of like dieting, and you say, all I'm going to eat is salads and and and, you know, bean curds and all that, I think eventually you're just going to go nuts. I think you just can't yeah. be so strict that you just... So, anyway, I am not a sex therapist. I'm not a marriage therapist. I'm not married. For good reason, because I don't know a lot about that. But anyway, that I just thought might be an interesting topic. So, Alright, so we're going to go on to my third. Is that right? Your third topic? Okay, is- so let me... i got to go back and see what it was. Uh, Does God speak to us individually in our hearts? Okay, so what... And have you had experiences with that? Right, so, um, you know, one thing we had a discussion in our Sunday school on Sunday, and 
I, but we'll we'll kind of maybe we'll save it for yours, because I don't know what the Holy Spirit does. I don't I don't think he does anything. I don't know. I just anyway. I think as a what is it? I am now not an atheist. I'm a uh, what did she? Say? You're an agnostic. Agnostic, where I believe that there's some kind of something. There's some intelligence that created our universe. Universe, but this kind of you know, personal God who cares about my, you know, if I have a car wreck, um, you know, that there was some deep meaning behind that or, or an illness. And, but, but I do think there are times when our subconscious, I think, I think the human machine has an ability to just have a, like, okay, I'll tell you this. There was a guy at my gym he was about my age, and he just really, really, every time he'd see me, he wanted to come over and talk to me and stuff. And we went and we mountain biked. and But there was just something in my spirit said, I need to stay away from this guy, and I don't know why. He seems like a nice guy. Everything he does is right. But there's just something in my, something I can't put a finger on it that tells me, I need to stay away from him. I need to kind of create some distance with this guy. And I believe, I believe there's some value in that. And that's where I would say maybe God's speaking to my spirit and say, and using all of my subconscious knowledge to say, um, hey, you need to stay away from that guy. I, and so that's what I think it is. I remember just, just a second. Has God told you that about me? Because he probably should. Yeah. No. No. I think my my feeling about you is you're you're a really like sensitive guy. You know, and I was going to talk to you about bringing the, you brought this up. One thing I I'm reading your book, which by the way, John Luke has written a book. And first of all, I do think did this guy really write this book? <laughs> because <laughs> I mean it's really good I mean it's and then but the other part of it is is you kind of devalue in some respects your the fact that that you're a physician and and I kind of get it but you kind of you know you talk about oh I didn't really want to do this kind of exam so I tried to get somebody else to do it and you know and i don't know in some respects it it makes it human but i don't know no i don't have that feeling with you at all i think in fact okay. any if oh no 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 did you think i was going there no 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 okay okay <laughs> I, I thought you were rambling oh i was i was i was no but but i have the, i have the feeling like you're you're the kind of guy and, and see everybody in our Sunday school class too is like you want John Luke on you want you want to keep him close because <laughs> he's a good guy to to be, have on your side man so yeah anyway well I, I think the doctor thing you think it's a bigger deal than I do because I've I've been one for a long time and it's not a big deal it's like okay so I was smart and I worked real hard for about 10 years to to be where I am and and now it's it's like okay I've, I've done that and now I'm moving on it to me it's just like that's just my job yeah it's not, it's not it doesn't give me any special status 
in my mind. It seems to in yours. Yeah, but, and 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 yeah. I'll tell you this too. A lot of people would probably agree with that because you just seem like a normal, down to earth, easy guy to be around. And I think I have met. Well, there's there's a guy we both know, and I don't want to say his name. We both know. Well, then don't. Okay. Okay. But he seems like he kind of wears it. He kind of has the uh, idea that he's kind of a big deal and. And he's kind of off limits, maybe a little bit, like, you know, but it, but that's that's kind of what I kind of expect all physicians would be like. Uh, I'm the very important Dr. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking. I know that person. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know many. I know many very important Dr. Bob. Okay. I'm not yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what I kind of expected so, anyway. Okay. So I did ramble. I got off course. So you're back to, does God, have you had God speak so to you? So I had this experience that- one time years ago, and it was, I was uh, coming out of an addiction, and I was a Christian, kind of disillusioned Christian, and I began kind of just having it out with God and saying, you're unfair, you're mean, why, why, am, I, why am I an alcoholic? Why am I here? I went to church all my life. You suck. I, I don't believe in you anymore. And I had probably the closest, the closest that feeling of God spoke to me. And, and it was just, Apostle Duke, I already knew that. I already knew that. I'm just, I'm just glad that you finally came to that realization. Because I think a lot of times Christians fool themselves into saying, oh, yeah, I believe it all. I believe it all. When their lives kind of prove they don't. Because they're not committed, they're not, they're not living like we're told they should live. Where you you should be witnessing every time you go to the restaurant, man. You should be knocking on your neighbor's door, and you should be at the church praying every whatever that is. But anyway, that's the experience that I had, where I just felt like God kind of spoke to me. And here again, I think it was that deep psychological thing way down inside of me that says, you know, if there is a God, he already knew that. He already knew that you didn't believe and that you have you were having trouble with your faith. And the fact that you confessed it is just the only thing that happened was you realized it finally. Me, I finally realized it. It's not that he, I, I told him anything he didn't already know. So, So that's it. So how about you? I, you know, I started saying my prayers when I was, I don't know, four or five, and, and I said my prayers, quote, religiously yeah. for for years and years, I mean, into my 40s and 50s, and I never, ever, I mean, I, I would believe that, okay, God heard my prayers, but I never, ever felt like they were really answered, I mean, Things would happen, and I'd think, well, does that God answer my prayer? Uh, I guess it could be. could be a signal. Uh, but I never really, I can't say one instance in my life where I really feel like prayers were answered, that I'm certain it was an answer. You know, good things have happened to me along the right. way. And I could say, yes, that was an answered prayer. But it could have just as well been just what happened, and so I, I can't say that I can't affirm it. I can be either affirm nor deny. Okay, yeah, and 
see, I think I think like prayer, a lot of that is just kind of a mental thing. It's like it's like if I say, okay, Lord, I need a job, I need a job, and I get in the morning, I pray about a job, and then I go look for a job, and then at noon I say, guide me in the right place, and then my eyes are open, and so basically what I'm doing is I'm like, as I'm praying about it. I'm making it the forefront of my mind, and then I get a job, and I say, oh, that was answered prayer. Well, maybe there was some kind of connection there. But I'm also, I'm also the guy, I don't think God answers prayers. I don't think, because here's the deal. If, if, if God is who we're told he is, that since the beginning of time, right? Since the beginning of time, John Luke, your your day of death was coming, and it's been written. So if you so right. if you're on your deathbed, and I say, "Dear God, please save John Luke," it's already written. There's nothing. Grandma's gonna die when Grandma dies. I can pray unless God changes His mind, unless God say, "You know, I had it written down. Grandma was gonna die next week, but y'all prayed, so I'm changing." I'm changing the I'm changing the plan. I'm changing and that means I gotta change some other stuff around here too because I gotta have this screwed up the whole screwed timeline. Screwed up the whole timeline. <laughs> so so the only way God can answer our prayers is if we can change his mind. To take his plan and he changes his plan because I ask him, Will you give me that job? And he goes, Well, I wasn't gonna give you a job. I did, that's not in the plan. So, I don't. I don't know. There's some of that stuff that I just think. Why would you pray? Because if it's all written, if it's already in the books, and it was written before the beginning of the world began, the day I was going to die, and who I was going to marry, and what job I was going to have, and there's nothing I can do to change any of that. Yeah. Well, that's what. That's what we've been taught. That that's not necessarily the case that's one of those that's a grace month principle of not believing things that don't make sense because i don't think you know there the argument of predestination has been going on forever yeah. uh, that was part of the spanish inquisition and in the book candide where they argue about whether everything is predestined or else we have freedom of choice and therefore it's not predestined it's that's that's one of those chicken or the egg things you can sit and argue all day long. Yeah. But I don't think we're we're necessarily predestined. I mean, I think we have freedom of choice and we can choose what we do, the right or the wrong, and do good in the world or do bad in the world or just sit there and do nothing. And we are all all our our current lives and future lives are intertwined and we influence each other in little mystical ways. And the outcome is not known. I don't, I don't think God necessarily knows the outcome. He doesn't want to. He's kind of watching. And say, hey, well, let's see what happens here. Yeah. You know, like the scientists stirring the the beaker. Oh. See what comes. Oh, out. I fully believe when it's all said and done, we're going to find out that the human race was it was it was aliens. They came. They chose this place, and they they planted some eggs. And it and and it's and it's humans and we were we're pre-programmed to be humans and they're watching us from afar, kind of like you would do a research study on some, you know, greenhouse plant. Oh, we're gonna find that out someday. Maybe not, but that's what it is. Could it be. is. I, I'm, I'm, 
Okay, okay. okay. Well, I'll write it down. I'll see if that's what happens. <laughs> okay, then you'll say. Mark hey. it down. Today you yeah, said you that. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. Hey, the aliens yeah. are here. Yeah, Preston said that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Holy Spirit convicting us. We were, we were uh, I was in church this uh, Sunday, and the pastor kept talking about how the Holy Spirit is with us all the time, and the Holy Spirit, he convicts us, and all this, and I'm like, that's that's what a guilty conscience is, and it's been a great tool for for religions throughout the world to to modify the behavior of their constituents. Just you know, it's like like uh, Mark said that religion is the morphing of the masses, right? Because if you can make them believe that God is watching them and making sure they don't mess up, then they're going to behave better and abide, obey the laws. And especially if you tell them you have to obey the rulers too because they are ordained by God to be your rulers. Right. It's kind of like the elf on the shelf, yeah. you know, around Christmas Santa time. Santa Claus. You got the elf. Yeah. They're, they're watching over right. you. Making sure if you mess up, you're in trouble, you're not going to get a present at Christmas. Right. And that's kind of the, the story that the Holy Spirit is to me, you know, because I don't, I don't believe in the Trinity anyway. I do believe in a God, yeah. but I don't believe that, that there are three separate entities, one of which lives in me or lives in, in the preacher. Right. I, don't, I, I think that's a bunch of crap that people made up. Yeah. Okay. That's, okay. I'm okay. Done. So you're a scientist. I've heard you refer to yourself as a scientist before. Yes. And so my, my argument is, and it's a good argument, but I know it's not accepted in my church. And the argument is, if the Holy Spirit is real and he lives inside of us, there should be some test where you can take a person who's a Christian and a person who's not a Christian and put them together and study them and find out, well, what is it inside this person who has the whole, there should be some very uh, distinct way to validate that this person is uniquely different from this person because he has the Holy Spirit in him. And, it, and if you can't do that, then having the Holy Spirit is BS. Why do you need him? If you can't tell, if you can take a person who's not a Christian and here's what you have to do as a scientist, you know this. You can't take a college professor and someone from the bar and do a test. You have to set it up. One professor who's in, in this university, he goes to, you know, down there to Southern Baptist University, and then another professor about the same age, same health, same finances, put them together and test them. And sit. Like just weigh them and see if there's Holy Spirit. Well, or, or you could like cut them up and, and grind them up and run them through a like a magnetic imager of some sort and see if there's any different responses. No, here's what here's what should happen. Here's what should happen. What? The, the person with the Holy Spirit should have power. He should have some kind of way, just like we saw what Jesus did and the disciples did. 
They were able to heal people. Like, they were a, like levitation or well, something. Well, what did Jesus do? Jesus is the example, right? He he's he he was able to take blind men and make them see. He was able to take people in who were in wheelchairs or or who were crippled and make them walk again. He took people who were dead and gave them life. I mean, go on and on. He was able to look at somebody and say, "I know you had seven husbands already." If you have if you have that Holy Spirit, Jesus was the template. He's the example of what we should as Christians be. But see, I think it's all I think it's all BS and so you can't prove it, so you have to you have to smear it over. And say, well, no, 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 no. You can still have the Holy Spirit, but you can't really tell. I just think, I right. just think, if you have the Holy Spirit, you should, you should have what Jesus had. You should be able to live and do, and minister the way He ministered, or at least the apostles. I mean, even, even Paul. I mean, he, he, he was in a prison, and the earthquake. He's saying, but I've never in my whole life. I've been in church my whole life, and I, I just can't tell the difference. I know now. On the other hand, if you go to church every Sunday and they say pray and read your Bible, that's going to help, and that's going to make you more, you know, tender-hearted toward your neighbors and stuff. That I just don't think people who claim to have the Holy Spirit they they're any different than anybody who's unsaved. I just don't see any difference. Well, the story is it's supposed to be you're supposed to see by the person's actions and the person's obvious exuding of faith that the the Holy Spirit is within that person. But I think there are many, many people that actually believe that they have the Holy Spirit within them. There are millions of people that believe that. But I I don't. I think it's just them. I think they believe that, but I don't think it's real. Yeah, and, and to your point, honestly, if people believe they have that, I mean, maybe there's there's that mind thing, right? It says, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, do you remember when uh, 10 or 12 years ago, they, they came out with these little bracelets and they had like a little piece of like copper in it or something and they'd pull their arm. Yeah, for arthritis. Yeah, and they'd pull their arm down or something and then they'd, they, they, then they'd put that wrist on and, they'd pull, and it was like, well, they did this, they did this documentary on it and they were like, does, does this really have power when people put this on? Are they stronger? Because people are saying, oh, my gosh, we did the experiment, and I was so much stronger. And it kind of came down to the point where we can't really say that it's true, and it's probably not. It's probably more of a gimmick. Well, they had the coach of Duke, the, the basketball coach of Duke on there. Mike Krzyzewski? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And they asked him. So that made it real. That made it real. No, but here's was his <laughs> comment. His, his conclusion was, he said, I don't know, I haven't seen anything that tells me that, that this is real. But I'll tell you this, if one of my players think it's real, I want every person on my team wearing one. If they think that it's going to help them shoot that basketball better, rebound with more strength, if they think... So it's it's the mind thing. He he made the point of if if they believe in their heart that man this really gives me strength, then they're probably going to play better. And right. And it's more scientifically, 
That's the placebo exactly. effect. Exactly. That's exactly right. And the placebo right. effect, I think, is extremely powerful. So, I think it's a little powerful, personally. But it may be more than that. So I, I, the, the thing I was asking about the Holy Spirit, or, or just commenting on, is the Holy Spirit convicting us. Which people will say that. You know, I was... I. To previous conversation, I looked at that woman, and the Holy Spirit immediately convicted me, and so I went home and did twenty push-ups, and now I'm okay. Yeah, but whatever. the The Holy Spirit convicting us is just another way of the church using shame to control us, right? Which, which we've talked about. Before. So I want to. I kind of want to stay on this a little bit because I had a comment in our class on Sunday that I wanted to say, I don't know that this makes a difference, but it helps me think about it. And that the the Holy Spirit doesn't convict us. The Holy Spirit helps us see that we're guilty. In other words, if, if I do something wrong and the Holy Spirit... He doesn't, he doesn't judge me. I think what it is, is he helps me see, oh my gosh, I'm guilty of, I see it now. I got into it with my neighbor. I'm guilty. It's not that he condemns me or anything. He helps me see that I'm guilty. And I, I, is, that, is, that, is that helpful? It's the way we say it. I guess it just, and the way I think about it, it's. Well, I think that's all semantics. Is it? When we both think, well, when we both think it's a bunch of crap yeah. anyway. So I'm going to go into okay. Judgment okay. Day. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> judgment Day, should we fear that? Will it come? And if it comes, how do you think that's going to be for you? So, okay, so do you want me to answer first? Because you know I'll go on 20 minutes, right? Or do you want to? Well, you go first, and then I'll tell you why you're Okay, wrong. all right. So here's here's I'm going to say yes and no. The the no is is as as an agnostic, you know, is Jesus going to have the white throne, you know, uh, I, no. But w- will there be a day of reckoning for all humans? Like like like, will I have to pay for what I did if I live a good life? When I'm when I'm in my retirement years and I helped people and I did good things, will will that will will the universe judge me in that good things will happen to me if I lived a good life? I I, I do lean toward that. So I'm done. That was easy. Yeah, That's I have so, a lot more to say, but I, I just think... don't want to. I want to hear what you say. Want to say. I think that thing that we've been taught about Judgment Day is another form of frightening us to get us to behave. Oh the way yeah, they want us to sure. behave. So I, I think that I don't, there's not going to be a Judgment Day. I want to die. You know? Yeah, and I guess that's my judgment that I'm going to die. Right. And okay, I judge you guilty because we're all guilty. Yeah. We all have sinned. We all. Hey. Sin on a daily basis. But I, what? What if, 
What if we've never sinned? What if, what if, you know, because I hear, okay, so I hear that, I hear, you know, the more religious person says, man, I sinned 12 times before I even got to the breakfast table today. You know, and everybody says, man, what a spiritual, really good guy he is. And I just think, it's just, we're just humans, man. We're just, we're just humans and we just do what we do. And, and, and sometimes, John Luke, sometimes I feel like if I can just give myself room to be a dumbass, to just up royally sometimes and just say you know what it's just all of life is an experiment man and it's just it, it it's not even a sin almost it's it's just you just everybody i have this theory that even the guys in prison they were trying to do the right thing they just were screwed up they they got in with their gangs. They felt some security in that gang. They they wanted to be cool. They took a gun and they killed somebody. I think if you get right down to it, I think deep down, they thought at that moment in time I they thought I was I was doing the right thing. And I have another example. And that is, I watched this movie one time, and it was about it was about this lady, and she was involved in the Holocaust, okay? And she was she was getting the people into the gas chambers, and they were and they were gassing them, okay? And she was on trial, and and the guy asked her, he says, "Do you not confess to this whole jury that you were a part?" of the organization that led those people into those gas chambers and her response was yes but they were Jews in her mind she was doing God's work in in her twisted way just like those people when we went to that torture museum those people who were dunking those people underwater and lifting them back out. If you were to talk to them, they would say, "We were we were casting demons out, man. We were doing the right thing." I don't know. I went. I know I went way off on that one, but I don't. I think you nailed. Thank it. you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the judgment day is another thing that I think I'm free of now. I'll never be. Or, 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 well, it's it's like I'm not ever going to have to stand before St. Peter and have him say, so I'm looking in the book here and I see that you did this and this and this and this and this. I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, man. Yeah. Cause, yeah, but then you kept doing this yeah. and this and this, even though I told you to stop doing You were doing convicted this, by the Holy Spirit you and you kept doing, doing it. it. That's right. The Holy Spirit. Has been talking to me and telling me this this guy's lost. Yeah, disobedient, yeah, so. bad, very disobedient. So I'm free from that. I don't have to ever worry about 
standing before anyone when I die. I think I'm judgment day might come here on earth if I were to do something bad enough to get in trouble with the law or whatever. If like if I killed somebody or whatever, yeah, I got stood before an executioner or whatever. I might have that kind of judgment day. But I'm not going to have the one that you and I were taught to taught when we were kids. I am praying, and you, you maybe you'll be able to see this that I get T-boned unexpectedly going through an intersection. I don't I don't want to when you're when you're 92. Yeah, when I'm 92, when I'm 92, yeah. I just the idea of like uh Mr. Knuckles you have 6 months to live. That's going to be 6 months of oh god. I'm pretty sure it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's not real. What if it, what well, if it, what is, if it real? is real? Oh my God, all these years, man, that I said I didn't think it was real. Yeah, I so, I hope I'm free. I've always I've always said I want to be shot by a jealous husband when I'm 92. <laughs> <laughs> but my wife doesn't think that's funny. I say, well, dear, obviously yeah. I wouldn't be shot by a jealous husband at 92 if you were still yes, alive. Yes, of course, of course. Well, I don't think it's that yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's a good way to go, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, I've gotten I get shot in the back, crawling out a window, you know. Ninety-two. <laughs> Ninety-two. <laughs> <laughs> that dirty old man, you know. Yeah. Well, I tell people now. Yeah, it's it's some you know hot Playboy bunny. Heck too, yeah, always, like like yeah. forty her, years younger than you are, right? Yeah, or well, maybe sixty. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, the. Uh, the, the husband's some real macho athlete kind of yeah. guy. You know? Kind of reminds me of the joke. Yeah. It was a it was a 92 year old man. He was marrying a 28 year old woman, and at the at the the weekend of the ceremony, the pastor says, "Well, you know that um, you know having sex is very difficult on a person's heart, and people have known." to die of heart attacks during sex. I just want you to know that. And the old man thought for a minute, and he goes, well, if she dies, she dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. That's an oldie yeah, but goodie. Yeah, that's an oldie but uh, yeah. So. Uh, all right. Well, I think we've, we've covered the topics. All right, man. Do you have any other, anything to say before we sign I'm off? I'm good. Okay, well, this is Apostle John Luke. And this is Apostle Duke. Duke, 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 Duke. And again, thank thank you both of our <laughs> listeners for tuning in <laughs> for podcast number 17 of Grace Month. Yes. And with that, we'll sign off. See ya. Bye. Bye.